You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Did you see that open your Bible at the third letter of John? Third letter of John. Now, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health. Prosper in? How many? All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So we have been talking about soul prosperity, understanding that God's desire is for us to prosper in all things. When he says prosper, what are we talking about? Having full provision, having everything you need, everything that is required for you to do what God's called you to do. Uh, It's not just about living in a huge mansion and driving six cars and having a boat and a yacht and everything else. Now, how do you know God doesn't mind you having things? In fact, Paul did tell Timothy, he said, command those who are rich amongst us. He didn't say, uh, tell them it's not good to be rich. Did he say that? No, he said, command those who are rich amongst us. Anyone rich amongst us? I just wanted to make sure I'm talking to the right people. And so he says, command them. Those that are rich among us, he says, command them to not be haughty. And don't put your trust in the riches. God doesn't mind you having things. It's where you prioritize those things. Don't put trust in those things. But he says, because it's God who gives us richly all things To enjoy. So God wants you to enjoy life. These people that say, well, it's not just that. It's about spirit. It's just about getting to heaven. God, you know, wants to. It's not about your physical comfort. It's just about you getting to heaven. Now, that's ignoring a greater part of God. Because, yes, he wants you in heaven. But he also created this earth for you to enjoy. He didn't put it here for us to suffer. And when he put Adam in the earth, he said, go be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. You take dominion. It was the curse that caused the destruction. But praise God, Jesus, when he went to the cross, took that curse. He became the curse. Why? So that the blessing may come upon us. And it's the same blessing, says the blessing of Abraham. And that's the blessing when he spoke. He said, I'm going to bless you, make your name great. You will be a great blessing. Others will be blessed. Those that get involved with you, those that bless you will also be blessed. Hallelujah. And so it's that blessing where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. And so God desires for you to prosper in how many? All things. All things. So when people say, oh, they don't, they don't believe that prosperity message. And as I said this morning, don't worry, it won't jump on you. Because, yeah, he prays and says you prosper in all things. That's spiritually, of course, your physical body, your mind, your relationships, finances. That's all things prosper in every area. And included in there will be finances. But it's not the most important. The most important is your walk with Jesus. That comes first. That's highest priority. And so prosper in every area. In other words, everything you need. If God's called you to do something, that you have full provision for it, that you're able to do it effectively, that you can do it without pain and sorrow, that you're able to do what God's called you to do. Just as your soul prospers. The soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so that is your decision-making ability. So we can never believe beyond what we have received. Faith comes by 
hearing. So I won't have faith for something unless I've already heard it. And so we're working on that belief system. Now that's what we're dealing with in the morning sessions. I want you to see something here as John is writing this letter. He says, I pray that you prosper in all things, be in health just as your soul prospers. Look at verse 3. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walking in truth. Everybody say, walk in truth. What does walk in truth mean? I mean, if he has joy to walk in truth, and we see it's linked to this prospering, prospering in every area of our life. How do we walk in that truth? And at the end of the day, what is truth? He says, yeah, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Are you in your Bible? May the God of peace sanctify you. How? 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 What's completely mean? Nothing missing, nothing broken. The very word peace, yeah, obviously is in English, translated from the Greek. But you go back to the original Hebrew, the word peace means shalom. Shalom is not just the Hebrew greeting. It is actually a blessing spoken, which says complete preservation, protection, provision, everything you could possibly need. And that's why they say the literal translation is nothing missing, nothing broken. That's God's desire for you, that you prosper in all things. That the God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. See, God didn't just pay for your eternal life. He wanted you to have eternal life. He settled the spirit issue. But in settling the spirit issue, he also settled anything you need to sort your mind out. And he settled everything to get your body in place. Be preserved. Everything will make sure that you're able to walk on this earth in the fullness of what God has for you. Hallelujah. Say that I am preserved. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Come and have a look at John chapter 18. And this was just before Jesus was going to be crucified. And Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of the world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everybody say, the truth. Remember, that's what John said. He says, I have no greater joy than when my children walk in the truth. And Jesus said, he came to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, Hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth 
hears my voice. That's why I don't bother wasting time debating with people that don't want to see the truth. People say, I just don't see it that way. I just don't agree. Okay, then nothing I say is going to help you. Nothing I can say can convince you. I'm not going to get into arguments. If people just want to argue for argument's sake, I am not, I don't have enough time to do that. Because why? As you explain it, if they're not of the desire to know the truth of Jesus, they can't see it. That's where people try and figure things out logically. And yeah, but if you think and what about and if, no, no, we've got to go back to the truth. What is the truth? Because without the truth, you're not going to be able to walk in it. And Jesus says, yeah, if you know me and you understand me, you will have that truth. He says, yeah, in verse 37, you say rightly, I'm a king. For this reason, I was born for this cause. I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. Say this, I am of the truth. I hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Did he say that? How do you believe that you're following Jesus? Keep the hand and say, I believe I hear Jesus' voice. So Pilate said to him, what is truth? What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. See, that's a very good question because at the end of the day, how many you understand in this world, we've got a lot of opinions. There are a lot of opinions going around. And those that are of adverse opinions are becoming more and more emphatic about it. Isn't that right? I mean, they keep talking about tolerance. You've got to tolerate all things, but you tolerate as long as you agree with me. You start disagreeing, now you find out their tolerance is not so tolerant anymore. And then you've got to believe what I believe. Why? Because there's different opinions. At the end of the day, every single one of us sitting here today have opinions about certain things. And why is it that we get so angry when our opinion is not agreed to by someone else? Because either we think we're right... And at the end of the day, I think I'm right. You think you're right. And who's, the only reason for any kind of argument is you've got two people both thinking they're right. Does that make sense? So if we both think we're right, where are we missing it? Why are we getting so angry? Why are we screaming and shouting? Yeah, what's, what's the, it's because I'm thinking you're not hearing me and you should be thinking the way I'm thinking. And so we can debate opinion and very often our opinions are formed through a lot of factors. It, it could be the way we were brought up. It could be experiences we had, things we've, we've decided because in that direction we got hurt, but this direction we okay, we feel more comfortable over here. And in my place of comfort where I feel more accepted or feel more loved or whatever, now you're asking me to give that up? I worked hard to get you. And now you're telling me I must change my opinion. So you can understand when he says, what is truth? Because at the end of the day, if truth is relative, I can define my own truth. And then everybody must just accept it. And that, that cannot be so. Because the only way we can live is if we accept the truth. There is only one truth. 
And that's why he said, well, what is this truth? And Jesus said very clearly in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, not one of the ways. It's not an option. There's not an alternative. You know, everybody says it's just at the end of the day, we're all serving the same God. Well, Jesus doesn't seem to think so. Because if we are serving the same God, I had somebody, I was discussing with them, it was a certain religion, and they said, you know, at the end of the day, the word we use for God is just God. So you believe there's a God? Yes, so do we. So God is God. So we're all serving God. I said, well, does your God have a son? And I said, no. And then we're not talking about the same person. Are you getting this? Because even Paul called the devil the God of this world. And, uh, the, and if he's the God of this world, there are people that are serving him. And, and that's totally, he's a created being of the almighty God. And so Jesus made it very clear. He's not just another religion. He said, I am the way, the way. And then he said, I am the truth. So the truth isn't a concept. It's not just information. It is not just an idea. The truth is a person. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word isn't even just what's written in your, book, in, in, in your, in your Bible, in, the, in your lap. That is a recorded version of who Jesus is. See, the Bible is a physical object, but what's in that Bible, what's written on it, is a person. That's a phenomenal concept. When you're reading, you're not reading information. You're reading a person. You're seeing into the very heart of who he is. That, that's, that's God. And you hold your Bible and say, this is God. See, it's just in a recorded form so that you're able to understand. And so Jesus said he is the truth. He is the truth and the life. And so say this, truth is a person and his name is Jesus. That's why I said in John chapter 6 verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, even Jesus saying me as the word, when I speak, I'm not giving you information. Coming out of me is this essence, life. It's who I am, my very being. When Jesus speaks, he's taking of who he is as transporting it <laughs> through the realm of you hearing. But it's not just physical sound activating your physical ear, causing you to hear sounds so that now you've got more information for your head. No, it's spirit to spirit impartation. That's what's different. I mean, you get people, you know, when I first got saved, I would read the Bible trying to find out what the truth is. But how do you know that when you get into reading the book, you can read it and still not understand it. This is like... Man, what is this even saying to me? And yet when you sit in the very first time, when you hear a spirit-filled preacher speaking, you go, 
This is what I'm looking for. This is life. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? You may not even understand nowhere. Matthew, Mark, look at John. Who is he anyway? And you know, you know where, where do you even start to understand what the books are saying? And yet you can sense, you know, this is life. Why? Because that man is speaking from the spirit and it's been delivered into your spirit. And it's not just man's opinion. He's speaking the truth. And when you hear the truth, your inner man knows it. Says that, that, now, what I'm hearing there, that is truth. Why? Because his words literally are life. Life. Bible talks about being life to you and health to your flesh. Say that God's word is alive, living. Isaiah chapter 57. Verse 18. This is God talking about the backslider. And we can take this and make sure we don't backslide. The truth is still the same for us. God says, I have seen his ways and will heal him. See, God never, ever, ever, ever gives up on any of us. Family of God, I want to encourage you with that. Don't be in a place where, you know, people that used to come to the church and now they've gone off and they've had all this to say about the church and all this to say about I just want anything more to do them. Never give up on people. Never give up. Now, you know, there are us that stay at home and, and we want to be in the house of God. I was glad when they said, let us go to the Lord. But when that prodigal son gets up and takes his inheritance and leaves, the father never gave up on him. The Bible says when he saw him coming from afar off. Why? That means he's watching. He knows I, I put enough in him that when he hits rock bottom, exactly what happened is he remembered in my father's house even the servants are treated well i'll go home and be a servant see he lost sight of that sonship but you notice a moment he arrived the father said before he could even get i'm yet to be a servant the father says no you're a son let me put the robe back on you let me give you a, a ring let me put shoes on your feet come and sit at the table Final family of God, I prophesy there are many sons that have got lost. Then God says in the last days, He will restore the hearts of the sons to the Father. Sons are coming home. Our sons are coming home. Sons and daughters, those that have gone astray are coming home. Never give up on anyone. We don't want to be criticizing people. Well, I don't they come to our church anymore. No, that, it's just simply they've gone lost. They, they've gone astray. And, 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 well, they shouldn't in the first place. Oh, you've never made a mistake? See, some of our mistakes are just more public than others. But thank God he never gives up on us. Here's that woman who committed adultery and they throw her at Jesus' feet. Now, I don't know the last time I checked, it takes two people to commit adultery, at least. So she committed adultery on her own? Oh, really? No, the man was there. He probably was part of the conspiracy to frame her. But you notice what Jesus said? The one without sin, go ahead, stone her. And then he's waiting. And eventually he looks up and everyone's gone. So where are your accusers? 
She says, well, they're all gone. He says, neither do I condemn you. And then he says, now go, sin no more. But you see, he didn't criticize her. He gave her a higher way of living. Go, sin no more. See, family God, until someone comes home, keep praying for them. Keep interceding for them. Hallelujah. God says, I will get them. I will bring them home and I will heal them. Hallelujah. And then he says, I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. Listen to this now. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace. Peace to whom, him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord. I will heal him. I want to draw your attention to that verse 19. I create the fruit of the lips. He says, I'm going to draw backsliders back and I will heal. And in that statement, he says, I create the fruit of his lips. What's he talking about? When you go have a look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 2, it says, A man shall eat well by the... Now remember, John said, I pray that you prosper in all things. Now would eating well be included in prospering in all things? Didn't just say he will eat, he will eat well. He will eat well. Lift your hand and say, my God said, not only will I eat, I will eat well. Make sure it's healthy. Because you're going to eat well, it's going to be well in healthy food. Amen. He says, a man shall eat well, but how does that happen? By the fruit of his mouth. The soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. Listen to this. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. He opens wide his lips shall have destruction. What's he talking about? When you open wide your lips. Well, you understand that we'll see in a moment that the way we produce in our life is by what we speak. This is not saying, you know, people that speak are destroyed so you rather don't speak. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying, you know, the one that opens wide his lips are the people that just, they rattle, they just talk. Whatever comes into their mind, they just speak. They just say, 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 oh, I'm sick today. I'm feeling bad today. Oh, things, that always happens to me. That always goes wrong. And you never know. And, and they, just, they just spew, 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 and saying all the wrong things. And the word says, if you do that, that's what's going to destroy us. If we do that, that's what destroys us. But he says, yeah, you need to guard your mouth. Watch what you say. So that's what Pastor Sam was trying to get across just now. Because when we say something, we so often just speak and we just say things without thinking about it. But we must understand our words affect our lives. Our words control how we think and how we feel and how we respond. And what we receive in our lives. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. 
Family God, I'm telling you that you are destined for great, great, great prosperity, great provision, great things are going to happen in your life. But it has to be corrected in your mouth. Your mouth is what produces your future. And we've got to get a hold of this fact. Notice what it says in verse 21. Death and life are in the power of God. Oh, it's death. Oh, death's in the power of the devil. No. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I just don't agree with that. Hang on, just keep reading. And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, the day I accept that what I'm saying is producing my future is the day I eat fruit from what God gives me. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important that we make sure we get our speech accurate and correct. Amen. Uh, it's something that I want to make sure that corrected in my life. Because when we do say things, it affects our future. Even our ability to believe for the impossible. Now, if something's impossible, that means you can't do it. Is that right? So if we tell our child, you can't go outside, what are we saying? It's impossible to go outside, but that's not the truth. They can go outside. Yeah, but I don't want you to go out now. Then say so. See, we've got to be watch even that word, I hear can't going on all the time and people don't understand what can't means. Can't is not a permission thing. Can't is an ability word. And so I want to make sure that my believers hearing accurately. Amen. Amen. And so when we say something, I want to make sure that I put it across accurately. So there are things that you may not do. Doesn't mean you can't do them. Because with Jesus, all things are possible. Can you walk on water? I see some people, this is a trick question. The answer is, the truth did walk on water. Did he? That's Jesus. Hang on. He called Peter. Yeah, well, that was Peter. No, he said, if it's you, tell me, come. Jesus said, come. And he climbed out on the water. Isn't that right? And so when he sank, he didn't say, you see, that's what I was trying to show you. I'm Jesus. At least now you know the difference. No, he says... Where's your faith? Why did you fear? Why was your faith so short? Are you with me? So the, our mouth is producing our future. So I want to make sure that I'm speaking life. And that life which I speak, beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things, be in health, even as your soul prospers. I was so glad to hear you walking in the truth. And because you're walking in the truth, I can pray this prayer for you. So your prosperity is coming as a result of walking accurately according to the word of God. And that truth must be spoken. It must be communicated. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, 
You are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You shall know the, well, who is the truth? Jesus. And he said, if you abide in me, you will know the truth. The only way you're going to know what the truth is, is if you've spent time in the word. See, very often that scripture, just the truth will make you free, has been misquoted, even by Hollywood. Have you ever seen, uh, when they might have a court case, for example, and the lawyer's busy grilling someone and they, they, they're being all elusive and they're trying to get the truth out of him. And so they, they, they ask them questions hard and fast and better, just try and drive the person down. And then when they realize the person's at their weakest, then they'll just burst out and say, just tell the truth, the truth will make you free. And that's a lie because that person knows if I tell you what I know, I'm going to prison. So that didn't make me free, did it? See, it's a misquote of the scripture. It's not just by, you know, being honest, you'll stay out of prison. That's not what that's saying. The truth that makes you free is what sets you free in the realm of the spirit, free to experience everything God has for you, free from sickness and disease, free from the curse, free from poverty. But notice it's the truth that's going to make you free. But it's not just the truth, it's the truth you know. It's the truth you know. You will know the truth and that truth is what will make you free. See, I'll never experience health until I know that the truth, the word, Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, is the one who bore my sickness and took it on the cross. And because he took it, I don't have to have it. If he took it, it's not mine. And if by stripes I was healed, and if I was healed, then I am healed. Now that I have that truth, that's what's going to set me free. If I believe that he says he will supply my every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus and that whatever seed I sow will multiply and increase, increase, then that truth is going to cause me to increase. But how do I know if that truth is not embedded in me? Well, has this ever happened to anybody where they sow their seed and then go home and think, man, what did I do? I could have used that money for something else. Or they come back months later. I sowed a long time ago and it just didn't work. Well, that wasn't a truth to you then. You were caught up in an emotion in the moment and maybe some pastor convinced you. You know, you just thought maybe if I do this like some magic pill, just let's throw the money in there and God's going to open up this big, uh, you know, one-armed bandit. What do they call those things? Slot machine. Like you put your, your money and zing, zing, and then ching, you hit the jackpot and God pays you out. And, and people, they, they say sometimes treat God like that. God is not your heavenly slot machine. Come on. He didn't say if you play the table, I'll make sure you win. That's not what he's talking about. Because when I, when I bring my tithe, it's number one, to honor God, to worship Him. Even if I never saw anything come back, it's His. So I'm blessing Him because He is God. And then in that, he said, he will look after me and he'll provide for me. So I'm expecting that that when I sow my seed, I'm expecting a harvest. Amen. Amen. 
So I never ever look back and then say, what was I thinking? Why shouldn't I? If I could just add up everything I've given, maybe I could have used that somewhere. No, see, I haven't had the truth embedded in me. But when you take the truth, Jesus is the way, the truth. If his word has said it and I've chosen to receive it, then I'm going to walk in that truth. Knowing that that truth must be on my lips. It's what's creating the fruit. God says, I will put that fruit in you. And so he's deposited the word when you're born again, the truth entered into your life. And as you read the word and you discover who he is, who God is, is who you are. Who God is, is who you are. Who God is, is who you are. He lives within you. If you walk with me and you abide with me, then my truth is yours. And you will walk in that truth. And if you walk in that truth, that truth will produce fruit. As you speak it, that fruit begins to manifest. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. Hebrews 4 verse 14, seeing we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Family, not only is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, He is the one that has been ordained by God Almighty to oversee that fruit that comes from your mouth. Think about that. Jesus is alive today and his primary responsibility is overseeing your confession. And this isn't just about saying something and expecting God to do it. No, when I abide with Jesus, the words that come out of me will line up with the kingdom of God. And the words spoken in the name of Jesus based on the fact that he said it He has commissioned himself to make sure that he watches over that. He has said, that is my responsibility and I will personally oversee that word to make sure that it comes to pass. Hallelujah. So what is the truth? You have it within your heart. It's within your lap. It's spending time in that word. Whatever you need answers for. Don't just sprout out and say, God, God, you see, I'm in trouble. Please help me. And I was saying, I know there's something in my life. What is it? What is it that you need? What do you need healing from? What do you need provision for? What is it that you is missing from your life? What's broken? What needs to be fixed? If I look back on my last year, what do I want changed for the new year? How am I, what, what is it? Take some time. Go and spend it with the word, with the truth, with Jesus himself. And say, you are my shepherd. I hear your voice. And so I want to know, what is it that you need to be on my lips? What is it that you need me to be saying? Jesus didn't just do things. This idea that Jesus just went about and he just did things for people. And no, even when, remember, we saw that blind man. And then he came, Lord, help me. Oh, what do you, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And he said, yes, I do believe. Then he said, your faith, your faith. See the word, the truth had to hear. I am able to do it. 
but do you believe? Is that truth in you? And the moment the truth is in you and you align with that truth, that power flows every single time. Every time someone aligned with that truth, that woman with the issue of blood, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. I'll be made whole. What is she doing? Aligning with the truth. So when she got connected to the truth, the anointing flowed. And that wasn't even on Jesus' will. Hallelujah. You don't know if it's God's will for you. You needn't turn around and say, hang on, before we carry on yeah, are you sure that's what the Father wanted? No, it was done instantly. Because he said, your faith, your faith. See, you, you understood the truth so the truth could work for you. It's not for Jesus to trigger it. And so God has placed within you the desire to find his will. So then go find out the scripture. Get what, what is it that I need for my new year? What am I believing God for? And then go and find scripture to back it. Make sure you get that word. When Janine and I were believing for children, we, we knew that it was God's will. And we went to the book, the book. We went to the truth. Jesus, what do you say about children? And we extracted every verse we could find on children. And you know, not once, not once, not once in the book could we find that God said, no, I don't want you to have children. Every time people were not able to have children, it was either some sin or some reproach, something with a curse, their womb was shut up. But then when people called and cried out, God remembered. Now, do you think he forgot? No, he was put in remembrance. Someone lined their confession with his truth. And the moment that happened, they fell pregnant. And so we did the same. We chose to believe the truth. And a doctor tried to explain the facts to me. There's a difference between facts and truth. What is truth? Truth is Jesus. What does he say? What does he say about marriage? I don't care what people think or what people want to imagine. God's very clear that a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and the wife being a female. I'm just saying with the words, the truth. It's not an opinion, it's truth. Amen. When God created male and female, He created them. And He's not confused. He knows what He's created you to be. You see, I can try and adopt my own facts and hurt my life. If I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I would be on some beach resort somewhere as a dive master doing, just enjoying life, diving every day and Janine can suntan and we will just have, uh, that, that's if, if, if I had nothing else to do. But he called me, the truth, I, I answered to the truth. Now, the only way I'm going to enjoy the full manifestation of the giftings that's in me is by walking in the truth. So here's the truth. If he designed me to be a pastor, I'm going to be a pastor. If he designed me to be a father, I'm going to be a father. If he designed me to be a husband, I'm going to be a husband. I'm going to live in the fullness of the truth that he's given me. So I come back to the word. We can debate anything, but we come back to the word. All our debates fizzle away and we stay with the truth. Then you see prosperity manifesting. Hallelujah. That's when you see the fullness of what God's designed for you to enjoy. 
And so when you get that scripture and you say, Father, this is what your word says. I believe it. We are aligning our lives with it. Well, praise God, even after the facts spoke against us, the truth corrected the facts. I said the truth corrects facts. See, facts change. The truth is always the truth. The truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why? He's an eternal person that still lives today. And if you're born again, he lives in your heart. And as the truth lives in your heart, you discover the truth for your situation, for your moment, and say, Father, this is what the truth says. And Jesus will oversee that. You've discovered the truth. You're walking in the truth. And as you walk in the truth, you will prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. How are you ready to walk in the truth? Come on, give Jesus praise tonight. Let's stand together. Say this with me. Father, I make a decision tonight. You are the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. The truth lives within me. And I dwell within the truth. And I choose the truth. I choose to believe what God says. I am not influenced by society. I'm not influenced by the pressures of social media. I am not pressurized by the cancellation crowd. I only give myself to the Word of God. I choose to believe truth. As I meditate that truth, feed on that truth, receive that truth, that truth is alive in my life. And that very life is health to me. It guides me, leads me, directs me. Every seed that I sow multiplies, increases, and my life is becoming more and more in line with God's Word. As I follow truth, truth is leading me in the way of God's kingdom. Jesus is my truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Family of God, very often we want to do things in a certain way where there's not much for us to do. If someone can just lay hands on me and I expect a sudden explosion from the spirit and I fall on the floor, shake, and then I get up and I'm a millionaire. I said it this morning. That can happen. You can go home and a miracle happened and someone deposited a million rand in your bank. But if I haven't changed my concept of truth, I can promise you by this time next year that million rand's gone and not have much to show for it. So God will not just do things that will destroy us. He said the prosperity of a fool will destroy him. So God has to work on our soul prosperity first. 
That'll help explain yes. why. If he says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, well, then why hasn't it come to me yet? I need to position myself. And so, yes, there are times for miracles and signs and wonders and falling on the floor, shaking. But one of the greatest miracles is when the word implants us a seed and we change and we act according to that seed. It's not as spectacular, but family, the, the production of that is everlasting. I would rather have that in my congregation, in my family. Amen. I want you to become everything God's called you to be. And so I encourage you, you can change it today. Amen. I'm excited about your future. That's for sure.